ready for the greatest fantasy football advice that they've ever received. Raise your hands. Raise them high. Higher. All right, now I see you. Good. Glad you came back. Had a little hiatus. It was needed. Had to get my life in order. I'm employed again. I'm a used car salesman. But that's neither here nor there. I'm getting through it. Trying to get that work-life balance. Got some time. I got some motivation. So I'm back in front of the mic, guys. Glad to be here. Glad you joined me. Because I plan on actually giving you something useful in today's episode. This is a very important episode in my opinion, guys. Why? Because fantasy football's around the corner. And I'm just going to go ahead and assume that fantasy football means everything to you. Because it does to me. I live for this time of year. Sadly, it's probably what I look forward to most. Above Christmas, I'm poor, so I don't take vacations. So I can't even say above vacation, but even if I could afford like a trip to some exotic place or some beautiful sightseeing place, it wouldn't hold a candle to fantasy football. So fantasy football is my thing. I get really into it. And this podcast is generally going to be about all football topics. And my angle is, I'm going to give you something to chew on. I want to bring a different perspective, start a different conversation. And see what happens. See if I could reach some ears. I want to be historically correct in everything I say. Just like all the quote unquote experts do. But with this particular episode, we're really going to focus on fantasy football, guys. And I do believe we, not we, I can't include myself in this group. But if you go out, whether it's on Twitter, whether you just do your own research on Google, whether you blog, you read blogs, whatever it is, I believe the majority of fantasy football content it just overcomplicates a subject like fantasy football that's really simple in terms of how do you win, how do you be successful. You know, obviously it starts in the offseason. And despite what Matthew Berry says and others like him say, other experts that have quote-unquote made it, and Matthew Berry, this isn't, I'm a big fan. This isn't about Pooh Pooh and Matthew Berry, but he goes against the notion of predicting the future. But guys, that's what we're doing. You can have all the data, you can have all the stats you want in your corner, and they may prove or disprove things that have already happened, but they don't predict the future. Okay? Data, stats, you know, receive, there's data on receivers that, that prove how much yards gained in separation they have. 
which proves like I guess a bigger window or a better opportunity for a quarterback to throw into a window because the receiver's open. All that's on paper, guys. And all that data is for action that's already taken place on the field. So my point is, okay, we're all in this same bubble together. We're in the fantasy bubble. Shit hasn't happened yet, but shit is about to happen. And who's smart enough and who has the balls to predict the future? So right now, right here, right now, you listening, I'm talking to you. I'm not going to challenge you and be all macho. I believe you have the balls. I believe you have the guts to stick to your opinion. But you're going to get challenged and you're going to doubt yourself. And it's because we stay locked on our socials. We follow experts. We get involved in groupthink. Even if we're disagreeing with it, we lose and waste energy in all the wrong places. So I have two simple tips that I believe will guide you to setting the table to a successful fantasy football year for you. And they're very simple tips. I've kind of alluded to both those tips already. But I'm going to elaborate. Tip number one. Ignore the crowd. Whether that's PFF, whether that's your friends, your know-it-all friends, whether that's your know-it-all co-workers, and whether that's the quote-unquote experts, that expert advice, those blue check marks. And guys, people work really hard at their jobs in the fantasy community. There's people out there putting out excellent content. They're grinding. They're not making a lot of money. But they're very goal-oriented. Maybe they have a college degree. Maybe they don't. But they've built the right connections. They've networked themselves. They've moved up the ladder. And they're good at aspects of their jobs. But it doesn't mean they're experts in giving advice in the preseason. When the future has yet to be determined, it's your job to predict the future. You control your team. So ignore the crowd. Stay off of social media. Stay off of all hashtags, NFL, NFL players, NFL action. I encourage you to pay attention to what's going on. Watch videos of stupid training camp scenarios for all 32 teams if you can consume as much of that content as you can video footage sound clips press clippings of reporters with boots on the ground live at training camp giving you the scoop what are coaches saying who's an up-and-comer who has something to prove all that stuff matters other people's opinions on players and their ADP, in case you're new to fantasy football, I always, always want to include the newbies. ADP is average draft position. And if you're new, hey, this podcast is especially for you because I'm going to talk you through it and it's going to be easy. 
I'm going to help you. That's my goal. So I won't ignore the newbies and I won't pretend like you're not out there and you maybe found my podcast by mistake, but you like what you're hearing. Or excuse me, you like what you're hearing. Oh God, I feel a little bit gas coming on. But look guys, ignoring the crowd is so important because most of the crowd gets it wrong. Most of the crowd thinks they like. That's what you call groupthink. And if you think like everybody, you'll finish like everybody, and there's only one winner. And I promise you, most people that win their league, that are the champion at the end of the year in their fantasy football league, they're not getting lucky. Some are. Some are just in shitty leagues with guys that don't know anything, really, or just know enough they know names so they're on equal levels but if you're in a competitive league where guys are staying on top of their news they love football but they're very opinionated chances are they're following the herd they're listening to the crowd they're gonna let the noise affect them speaking of noise <sighs> mama sita in fuego. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow. I got to light a cigarette after that. Oh, I felt like I had sex. Mm, my word. That was enjoyable. Mm, and it stinks, so that helps. My God, what did I eat for dinner? Man. Oof. That took a lot out of me. Excuse me, I lost my train of thought. But look, guys, all joking aside, the quote-unquote experts, the PFF army, and look, if you want to really buy into PFF and waste your money, good for you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm going to bash you a little bit because I don't do that, and it doesn't mean that I'm perfect, but I really believe in just Watching football, that's how you learn. That's how you know. You don't need some stat to tell you if a receiver can separate or if a running back is elusive or powerful or if a receiver has dropsies or if an offensive lineman can block, if a defensive lineman gets pressure. I got two eyes, and they're pretty good. I've never had glasses in my life, and I love football. The only money I spend... In subscriptions is to the NFL.com All-22 tape. Their little NFL game pass that they have. Yeah. I pay like 100 bucks a year for that shit. Because when I want to break down film, I do. And I, and I, usually, I usually take advantage of that All-22 film when I don't know enough about a player or a team. I want to gain a better perspective. Why do they stink? Where are they at in the hierarchy of the 32 teams? All that good stuff. That's about the only thing that I recommend you spend your money on. Watch football. Learn as much as you can. If you don't have the time for that, you got me, baby. That's me slapping my chest. I'm here for you. Let daddy take care of it. I have no life. I have no wife. No kids. 
all I do. I do my nine to five. I do some family stuff, spend some time with my father, spend some time with the doggy, with the kitty, pick up poop, feed the animals, say goodnight, off to my football fairyland. All right? So you can lean on me. I'll be your expert if you need expert advice. I'm going to be in left field while everybody else is in right field, agreeing with, e with each other, commenting on each other's tweets, staying in each other's threads, liking each other's stuff. I got under 100 followers. I've been on Twitter for quite a while, and it's usually because I have outside-the-box takes. Now, the shameful part in all this is I've had a resume to where you could at least see for yourself what you're dealing with with my expert advice. I had a blog back in 2014, 2013. Started off with a bang, predicted some wild shit. I predicted that Peyton Manning would chase 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. When it was unpopular, he was going about QB 10 in fantasy football. Second year with the Broncos, I saw an opportunity. I saw an improved, uh, an improved roster overall, but most importantly, I saw some good weaponry and a very smart quarterback who had an had enough had enough in the tank to really push for what I was thinking he'd push for. Now I wound up setting the bar and some. Fifty was the bar. He went over by five. He was fifty-five and five, fifty-five hundred yards passing, fifty-five passing touchdowns. Did I see that coming? No, I would have doubled down on that shit. But I predicted he would flirt with history. He did, and he went past it. So it wasn't the only thing. It wasn't just like a lucky shot or a dart throw. I had some good things that entire year at all positions. I followed it up the next four years. Some really good sleeper picks is what I called them. My, my site, my blog was called The Sleeper List. My focus was on providing you value through the draft at all positions, guys that everybody can have in any round that would carry you to a successful fantasy football season. I feel like I accomplished that goal. Life happened. My dog died. He was, in a lot of ways, my, my child. I was uh, grief-stricken. I kind of kind of fell down a, a bit, not kind of. I, I fell down pretty deep, kind of gave up on things. I felt guilty more than anything because it's not like he just died of natural causes or age. He just had an injury, and I felt guilty because I was trying to further my, you know, pursuit of a career in the fantasy industry. So I was grinding nonstop. I was in my room a lot. I was passing them off to my father and he was be basically being the babysitter. And I wound up deleting the blog. And it was kind of like a cathartic thing, I feel like, but it's neither here nor there. My resume's erased. So I can sit here and gloat and you could take my word for it. I rather you challenge me I'd rather you challenge me and doubt me. You don't have to follow my picks. They're coming in the, in the upcoming episodes. I'm going to give some sleeper picks. I'm going to give some busts. 
some breakout players, traditional fantasy football stuff. I promise you it'll be kind of one of one. I'll be very unique. I'm not going to be different just to be different. I just think every year fantasy experts get it wrong. They don't even know the formula. So part one in this advice is ignore the crowd, and I think you get the point. Part two, advice number two, use your imagination. You know, when we're kids and and we're in kindergarten or we're in daycare, the teachers keep it easy on us, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? Think big. We get all these little types of sayings we can hang on our wall about dreams and imagination. They encourage us to use our imagination when we're children. Then we become young adults. They push us towards the economy. (laughs) How can we help the economy grow? How can we make money? How can we be successful? Quote, unquote. And you know, money might be important. It's not to me. I don't have a family, but most of you have children, so I get it. But our imaginations have been suppressed for a long time. But imagination is what changes the world. Imagination builds the future. From Albert Einstein to Steve Jobs, the future was created through imagination. Okay? I want you to view fantasy football in the same lens, because the future is happening. September, October, November, December. That's all the future, guys. And no matter what you think exists on paper, I promise you it'll be different. And you know I'm right. We, we watch it happen every year, and then when it comes time to put up or shut up, we fall back into the same method of operation. And it's because of the crowd noise. It's because of the groupthink. It's because of the experts. It's like we're sheep and they're guiding us to slaughter. All right? I want you to follow your own path. Do what you want to do. This is your fantasy football team. Operate like you're the general manager. Because you are. But you need imagination to get there. All right, because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to flip some pages here, okay? I'm going to go through some positions. I'm going to give you a four-year window of stats, and I'm not going to be boring. I'm not going to go through all the stats, but I just want to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Okay, I measure impact in fantasy football through the points-per-game method. Players score points each week. At the end of the year, we put them on an average. Most experts in the fantasy industry, they use total fantasy points, and they'll say, oh, he was the RB1, he was the RB3, he was the RB10. And that's all based on total points scored. Doesn't measure impact. Because if one running back who's killing it every week misses two games, or if his team even wins the division and misses one game because they sat out week 17. That affects the total points, but if you measure that through point-per-game method, 
or just a point per game metric, I should say, it tells a different story. So you really want to measure impact and points per game does that best. Now, it also helps if you go into the game logs to understand what you're dealing with. Like Tyree Kill had a couple 40-point games. Derrick Henry had a couple. It shows you how consistently a person's scoring at their average. But nonetheless, I like to lean on that metric. So given that, from 2017 to present day, 2020, that's four years of data at every position, it is ridiculously inconsistent from one year to the next in terms of players that finish inside the top five in one season and then returning there inside the top five the following season on a points-per-game metric. For example, 2017, Todd Gurley led all running backs in points-per-game average, 23.4 points. Now, I use half-point PPR. It doesn't really matter. Standard PPR, full PPR, doesn't matter. They all generally fall in the same place. So Todd Gurley, 23.4, burst onto the scene. Had a good rookie year, but this was his breakout. First year under Sean McVay. He just leads all running backs by a good gap. Next closest running back, Le'Veon Bell, 19.9. Ezekiel Elliott, rookie year, 19 flat. Alvin Kamara, rookie season, 17 flat. Kareem Hunt, rookie, 16.8. Leonard Fournette, rookie. 16.3. So obviously the rookie class made a big entrance. You had four finish inside the top five. Excuse me, three. Four net finish six. So point being is the following year, only Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara finished inside the top five on a points per game average. Todd Gurley repeated as the number one. Kamara actually went up in points per game. Went from 17 to 20.5. Finished fourth overall. It was a good year for running backs. Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon, Christian McCaffrey, they all made leaps. Barkley, obviously, his rookie year. Go to the next year, 2019. How guys go, or how, how did guys do from 2018 to 2019? The Todd Gurley repeat, the Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon, Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's the only one who repeated as a top five finisher. McCaffrey makes the huge leap, goes to superstar status, goes from 20 and a half points per game to 25 and a half. Creates a huge gap between him and the next guy, which was Derrick Henry, who finally bursts onto the scene. Last year, from 2019 to 2020, was an aberration. Four of the top 20 or of the top five running backs from the 2019 season repeated inside the top five. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, all repeated from the year before. They landed inside the top five in 2019. 
repeated that in 2020. That is an anomaly. It doesn't happen often. Go over the historical data I have. Uh Oh. Mm. But that's the only data you want to rely on. And you want to, I use it. I don't want to tell you what you want to do. How I find it helpful is I'm looking for trends. I'm looking for something to sink my teeth into. Because I know I'm going to have to predict a lot of these things. And I focused on the top five simply because that's what you need. You need top five players. Not everybody on your roster is going to be top five, but you need at least two or three at all the positions. Probably three. Whether that's two running backs and a receiver, a receiver, a running back, a quarterback, however you want to measure it up. You're going to need a combination between quarterback, running back, receiver. You're going to need three top five players at the year's end if you want to hold that crown. So I focused on the top five. I focused on points per game metrics. And I focused on the inconsistency here. Now, that doesn't just stop at running back. If you go to receiver, every single one of the top five receivers this year in a points-per-game measurement, were brand new. Brand new. Not one receiver that finished inside the top five from the 2019 season in a points-per-game metric repeated so in 2020. Brand new list. 2018 to 2019, three receivers. 26, no, hold on. I messed that up. 2016 to 2017, two. 2017 to 2018, three. 2018 to 2019, two. So you can pretty much know going into your draft, setting your board, that you're gonna you're gonna predict at least two or three receivers, two or three running backs, one through five that are brand new from the, from the year before. And this isn't coming out as smoothly as I had hoped. I'm a little stoned right now. I had a long day at work, and I'm running out of time. I keep telling myself I have time. I don't have time. So I hope this is all making sense. I'm trying my best to make sense out of it. But just to finish this up, tie it. Oh, God, man, my stomach is acting up. I shouldn't have eaten at such a heavy dinner. But just to tie a knot on this, quarterbacks, okay, year to year, most inconsistent position in fantasy football. From 2016 to 2017, no quarterbacks finished inside the top five that year. 2016 top five finishers, nobody finished inside the top five the next year. 2017 to 2018, only one, Deshaun Watson. Now, this is 2018, right? Patrick Mahomes, huge year. Hello, welcome. I'm Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in football. That was that year. Everybody. I mean, he had a 26.7 point per game average. Incredible. Everybody said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get him in the second round the following year. 
Not that it was a huge mistake, but yeah, you overstepped. Because the following year, Patrick Mahomes went from 26.7 points per game down to 20.7. He took a six-point-per-game haircut. Now, ask people in August if that was possible. Ask the entire fantasy community. Nobody would believe it. You would sound ridiculous for even trying to have that argument. You'd be the contrarian. You'd be the devil's advocate. I welcome you to do that. You want to think outside the box. You might not be able to explain why, but you know it's football. You know there's injuries. You know there's X's on chests now. There's targets. There's game film. People are aware of you. Coordinators, coaches, players. You become more of a focal point. They take you out of the game plan. So that kind of, he got the star treatment, Patrick Mahomes, and then some injuries and whatnot, and boom, he takes a six-point haircut. Lamar Jackson bursts on the scene. But once again, Deshaun Watson from 2018 to 2019, the only quarterback who finished inside the top five in 2018 repeats in 2019. The only one. Dak Prescott in a five-game window repeats from 2019 to 2020, the only quarterback. We had four new quarterbacks inside the top five in fantasy football last year from the 2019 season. Jackson sinks, just completely sank from his 28 points per game. Deshaun Watson, he was solid, finished outside the top five. Matthew Stafford, he took a nosedive. Drew Brees, hurt, old, now retired, took a nosedive. Josh Allen, welcome to the world. Kyler Murray, welcome to the world. Got locked out of my computer here. So my point is, guys, quarterbacks, if you're in a 12-man or a 12-team league, Okay, and six teams make the playoffs. You want a top five quarterback. Okay, just simple math. Now you know. Okay, I can guess four out of the five, and I'm probably, I might not be right on the names, but I'm right that four new faces are going to join the party. Chances are that is a safer bet than you right now going off of fantasy pros consensus rankings or whoever. The consensus is always wrong. And they always overcomplicate things. And they always lean on last year. Do not project players because that involves recency bias. By definition, projecting is based off of recency bias. What has happened recently? I want you to predict. Do not project, predict. Okay? I hope that wasn't too long-winded for you, but imagination is your friend. It's your only friend, and it's going to allow you to do things your way. Now you know how to project. I would project in the top 10 at each position. I would guess 50% 
returning players from the year before. 50% new players. I would guess five new names inside of each position. Write your list, however you do it, whether you put them in tiers, you do your running backs in tiers, receivers in tiers. Whatever your first 10 names are, look at the finishers from the year before on a points-per-game metric and predict five new names. Be logical about it. Since the progression, since the career year, since the mojo happening around a certain club or a certain player, read the press clippings, get the vibes, and predict the future, guys. Let your imagination run wild. If I sound silly to you, I promise you, if I'm sounding like Nick Sirianni right now, it's a good thing. Because it ain't how it sounds. It's what's inside the message. Erase last year from your memory. Ignore the crowd. Ignore data. Use your imagination. Come back for further episodes. Because that's when we're going to get into the real shit. We're going to get in the shit, guys. I'm going to give names. It's coming. I wanted to get this out there first. Because if your mindset isn't laser focused on the right things then whatever names I give out, it's just going to be mockery for you. It's just going to be something for you to laugh at. I need you to be in the right mind frame. You need to erase last year from your mind. You need to ignore the crowd. You need to tell your friends and co-workers to shut the hell up. I got this new co-worker. He's 28 years old. He's cocksure of himself. And he's a complete idiot. And it takes everything in me. I have to bite my tongue because I know I need the job. But I know if I bet him my life's earnings on some of the shit he says and we put it in contract and I took his ass to court, that I would own everything he has. That's how sure I am that I know more about everything in football than this kid. Some of the shit he says is absurd, but you just need to ignore it. Ignore your friends, ignore the experts, rely on you, use your imagination, and that is going to lead you to your gut, which is going to allow you to use your right hand and your left hand to grab your big old balls and pick them up off the ground and say, God damn it, I'm going to use them this year, and we're going to fucking win, because I want this shit. I want this shit. Ugh. You got to get that jacked up about it. You got to want it. You got to listen to me, damn it. I know what I'm talking about. I guided my 69-year-old father who don't even know how to use a phone, a cell phone. I guided him to a fantasy championship last year because he knew I knew what I was talking about. Never played fantasy football in his life, but he knows the game. Won the league last year. Okay. So if you like this episode, come back for the following episodes. I'm a little jacked up. I'm a little crazy right now, but it's winding down. The message is clear. You know what I'm about. You're going to do it your way. You're going to find your gut. You're going to listen to that. You're going to use that intuition to predict the future. It can be done. It will be done. We'll do it together. 
We'll talk about it next episode, guys. I am so jacked to be back. I'm so glad you joined me. Next episode, we get into the players, baby. I just want to hear more training camp stuff. I thought I might have another juicy fart for you, but I don't. But damn it, I'm glad to be back. So glad you joined me. So thankful. So humble. Guys, be well. Love one another. Peace.